This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Today at 316-880-3900 or check out supercoolsusa.com to see some of our outstanding work. We dig fun. We've got bonus basketball on the schedule as the high school regular season comes to a close. The game of the week extends its coverage to Friday's season finale as 6A foes meet with postseason hopes on the line. Derby heads out west to face Mays in an AVCTL showdown to end the regular season. The Eagles and Panthers square off in the second game of this game of the week doubleheader. Join me, Chance Lebo, on the call for Friday's coverage beginning at 7 o'clock on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. We begin hour number two of the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wichita Sports Leader, I'm your host and producer today, Jack Johnson. Well, we hop down to the Wichita studios. Of course, I'm up here in Kansas City and chat with our good buddy Chance Lebo, who anytime Shane's out, he will be on the show with me. We'll, we'll just make that a, a statement moving forward. Chance, do you read me loud and clear? Oh, wait. Okay, I had your mic down there, so that's uh, oh, no. that's, that's great producing skills right there. I was like, well, we lost him. Okay, never mind. We won't have him on the show. But I, I got you loud and clear here. Uh, are you ready to start things off here with the Twitter question? I ran long, so I got to make sure we leave time for everything we need to in grinding my gears. Uh, yeah, let's get going. I, I uh, actually had a response on the Twitter question. I, I thought it was a really good question. Um, I'm not sure if it was you or Shane that came up with it, but it's uh, one that's uh, going to be discussed uh, plenty here over the next couple months. I don't step on Shane's toes, so uh, this is all him. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever uh, pitched a Twitter question. Might have at least once in the last two years, but I leave this up to him. But for the listeners out there, the question is... Which quarterback would you take in the draft? A, Caleb Williams, B, Drake May, C, Jaden Daniels. Now, I know you've got thoughts on this chance. You had a write-in, so I'll maybe explain your reasoning a little bit further. I like Drake May a lot. I feel like he's got a lot of the intangibles. He's got the size that you look for. And Caleb Williams has all those Mahomes comps just because of what he's able to do outside of the pocket and outside of the play design. Not sure I like what he does in terms of reading a defense. I remember watching the Notre Dame game earlier this season, and it was just one read and then tuck and run, and it just was not not really you know what you want to see from an NFL quarterback. And obviously he's going to develop, but a little bit of a trend over the last you know however many years or so has been the second quarterback taken has always ended up being the better quarterback taken. I think last year was C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow kind of on the same level, but Herbert was the number two quarterback taken in that draft. I, I don't want to, you know, Trevor Lawrence obviously is better than Zach Wilson, but some of the quarterbacks, the second one always seems to be better than the number one guy taken. And I think that Drake May has a lot of really good tools. He's got the size that you look for. And I just don't love what I've seen from Caleb Williams. And I, I'm not a big Jaden Daniels fan. I don't think he is going to be a starter past his first uh, rookie contract. I think it's a really good point about the size here. I actually am one of those people uh, that believes when you're looking at a quarterback, size is a huge thing now. Uh, I just don't think you're going to see many more quarterbacks at this level that are six foot, even six one at times, which is what Caleb Williams is. I don't think Jalen Daniel, Jaden Daniels, is that that big of a fella either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake May stands about six five, six six. So your comparison there of like a Justin Herbert, I think it checks out. 
Um, I think there are some people that would maybe just not give Drake May uh, a lot of praise because you know Jaden Daniels was very electric. Caleb Williams was very electric. But in terms of uh, just an overall quarterback makeup, I don't know why Drake May is only getting 18% of the vote here. Yeah. Uh, when you go to the NFL, look at the top quarterbacks in the league right now. They're all huge. You know, you look at yeah. Patrick Mahomes, he's 6'3", 6'4", 230. Uh, Josh Allen is 6'5", 6'6". Joe Burrow, 6'5", 6'6". Uh, I know Lamar Jackson is kind of that anomaly, if you will, where he's not a, a towering 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". He's also the fastest quarterback in the league. I don't see that mm-hmm. with Jaden Daniels. Certainly don't see that with Caleb Williams. Not saying these guys are going to be bust or they're going to be bad, but, man, I really look at this first overall pick and am starting to contemplate, is Drake May the move here? Because I remember back when uh, they took Justin Herbert, the Chargers took Herbert, it was like, why are you taking Herbert in that spot? You know, he was a guy that wasn't getting, getting as much hype as the rest that were taken ahead of him or even after him. But then we saw immediately in his young career, like, th- this is the type of makeup you go for. You mm-hmm. go for the six five six six. The As crazy as it sounds, you need to be able to see over the line easily yeah. and not be bouncing up and down. I think Kyler Murray. Kyler has to scramble all the time. Yeah, Bryce Young as well. I mean, and C.J. Stroud, big quarterback, big frame, big arm. It translates well in the NFL. I just don't think – I think the reason, and I'm curious your thoughts real quick here, Chance. I think the reason Drake May is getting 18% is because not a lot of people know about Drake May or watched Drake May last year. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, he didn't play for an LSU uh, like Jaden Daniels. who He won the Heisman. It's the last two Heisman winners, guys that you know a lot about. And Drake May didn't really play with anybody of note, like receiver-wise. I mean, Josh Downs uh, got drafted in the third round last year to the Colts, but – Jaden Daniels played with two first-round receivers this year, Neighbors and Brian Thomas. Caleb Williams was playing for Lincoln Riley in a really wide-open offense that has a lot of success all the time. Drake May was playing for Mac Brown and really thrown to a bunch of you know guys that aren't really going to be seeing the field in the NFL. So I think that's kind of why he kind of burst onto the scene as a freshman and then kind of tailed off there at the end. And we didn't hear much about him this last year just because North Carolina was okay. And I feel like that's a lot of the reason why. And Jaden Daniels, uh, before we move on to grinding my gears here, I mean, he does have a good frame. He, he's six four. I thought he was a little bit closer to six two and stuff like that. Uh, but when I look at it at the end of the day with LSU, man, I mean, he had great numbers, great stats, and I don't want to use the excuse of, well, he had a lot of weapons around. I mean, LSU had a loaded team. Mm, yeah. But uh, so did Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had a loaded team. <laughs> yeah. Joe Burrow also didn't lose, by the way. Yeah. He, that, that team dominated. There was a yeah. reason – they were undefeated. This, you know, LSU team, they didn't have a great defense, I'll give you that. But there were some times, I mean, I, I won't forget uh, week one. I know it was a long ways ago, or a long time ago. The way Florida State dismantled uh, Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels, and, and you saw when things weren't going well, all of the mechanics and all of the football IQ went out the door. Uh, it yeah. was more so of, I'm just going to try to, you know, uh, basically improvise everything here, and it wasn't working for him. At times it did. I think he's an electrifying player. I just don't know if he's the number one pick. That's what this debate is. That's who you're taking mm-hmm. number one, not if you take him at all. If I got Jaden Daniels at four or five or six, I think I'm feeling just fine. But to me right now, I think Drake May needs to be getting a lot more praise. Okay, mm-hmm. before we move on to Jamie Bloom and talk some Royals baseball, we love hopping on with Chance Lebo and doing a Grinding My Gears segment. If you haven't listened to it before, and oh, by the way, text line is open for the segment, segment 316-247-0923. It's just anything 
that grinds your gears. It can be sports-related. It can be not sports-related. It could be about your home life. It could be about your work life. Just something that bugs you. It's got to be a little bit hot-takey. You can't be like, oh, I I hate traffic. Everybody hates traffic. (laughs) There's nobody that enjoys traffic. It's got to be a little bit hot-takey where... No, it's interesting to talk about. And if you've got one that's a little bit more hot takey, again, let us know on that text line, 316-247-0923. Chance, I'll let you kick things off for this week. What's been grinding your gears? All-star games, trying to make them work. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to get rid of them in general. I think that you're, especially the NBA, I mean, the NBA's caught a lot of slack. Um, the NFL, I feel like, has done a great job because they have just stopped trying to get people, fans, and players alike to care about it. They're like, let's just turn it into a flag football game. It should not be so bad that I have to go on, like on Twitter, I'm seeing people complain about. I didn't watch a lick of, honestly, any of the NBA season in general this season, but at all from the All-Star weekend. But I saw a ton of it on my Twitter feed, and I'm like, it shouldn't be so bad that people are tweeting about it. And I just think that you're trying to get people from the NBA, the NFL, who don't care that much about the regular season, you're trying to get them to care about an all-star game that matters not at all. People are talking about, well, how can we fix it? You're not going to fix it. I would worry about fixing the regular season in the NBA before I even try to figure out the all-star game. But I think baseball does it right. I feel like baseball is the only real good all-star game, and I'd hate to see it go. But it's gotten to the point where like, there's just not that much care between the fans, the players, the people involved. I mean, it's just a bad product for all parties involved. And I get why the players are like, oh, I don't want to put too much effort into it because it's my vacation. It's my time off. And, yes, we're trying to entertain, but I, I'm, a, I'm with your chance. There's no more need to fix it anymore. It's broken. Mm-hmm. It's never going to get back to the level that was they truly tried, amazing. They tried a couple years ago in the Kobe All-Star game when it was the first yep. Elam ending and they had, like, charity or, like, it was a big, big deal. But since then, it's been terrible. It basically looks like when you go play pickup ball and it's game, you know, 13 or 14 and guys are walking up the floor. You have guys shooting 30 footers. Nobody's rebounding. Nobody's playing defense. I mean, at that point, it's just not even entertaining. If somebody hits a 40 footer, am I impressed? No, because they're not being guarded. It's and I think Carl Anthony Towns had 50 in the Mm all-star game and he shot it 35 times. Like nothing about that is entertaining to me. I can't even look at, you know, a 50 point show and go, wow, that was impressive because. I even think if you brought a college player out there, they could finish with 20 points because nobody's guarding anybody. I don't blame the yeah. players. It's We're going to take it easy. I don't want to go you know, full speed here and risk an injury. So at that point, just do skills competitions and then call it quits. Same thing they did uh, with the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. My grinding my gears choice this week actually comes from a story in Surprise that I had with Seren Petro. So one of the nights we go out to a uh, sports bar here. It wasn't the Brooksider. Brooksider was fantastic, <laughs> by the way, Chance. Great recommendation. Uh, great food. Great drink. Awesome. Uh, there was this place called Booties, uh, I think it was. Yeah, it was called Booties. And there was a trivia night. You had to get there early. So you had to get there early for trivia. I think it started at 7. We had to get there at 6 o'clock. So it was just me and him. I uh, had a couple other guys that weren't able to make it, so we knew we were not going to fare that well. Anyways, it was not like the typical bar trivia where you maybe use your phone and then you, you sign into a link and then there you answer from there. No, these were little paper um, sheets that you would write the answer down on and then you would take it up to the front. And we were sitting next to a retirement community, a table of 10 or 12 elderly people that would come every single week. And they were very, very intense 
and uh, they very much wanted to win this trivia. I, I don't blame anybody for having their passions go go out and be okay with it. We went in, we were like, well, we'll see what it's like, and if it's hard, you know, we're not going to give too much effort. But there was a big rule on you could not be on your phone. That that was the big rule. You could not be on your phone. Self-explanatory. You can't be looking up the answers. Mm-hmm. However, uh, we were usually the first ones to go take our answer up there. I was like, I'll just write. It was multiple choice. Circle one, go up there. If we didn't know it, just circle and go. So after I would go take it up there, you know, we we had to check into flights. We we looked on the phone. I was like, oh, you couldn't change your answer. Like after you put it in there, you couldn't go up there and take your sheet out like that. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't allow you to. So it's like there's no harm, no foul in using a phone at that point. We're not. There's nothing we can do at that point. So this elderly table reported us, reported oh, no. us, and was reporting multiple tables of people that were like, oh, you know, we already answered. I, I got to answer a text from a friend. I got to, again, check in for a flight. Got to do something. Um, actually, I talked to Annie Rogers, Royals Beat Reporter, about it the other day. She got reported by this table. <laughs> so they were so gung-ho about nobody's cheating, nobody can do this. So eventually the guy comes over, he's like, hey, guys, uh, you got to put your phones away. And Petra was like, just take us off the list. We don't even have any points. I was like, we, we don't want to play anymore. Like, this is just stupid. And so I, my grinding my gears, I, I love people that are passionate about things. And I get it that if we're on our phones, like, that was the rule. Like, I, I'm not going to refute that. The rules were couldn't be on the phone. Um, but it wasn't like we were writing on writing down, looking at our phone, getting these answers. Like, we had already taken it up there, and we Uh were in last place. There was no way we were winning. But this group of elderly people, man, they took it serious. And I'm like, it's bar trivia. There was no reward either, by the way. There wasn't like, hey, you get a free – it's bingo is like a war path for oh those people. My God. I mean, <laughs> I was you like, gotta realize three questions yeah, in. I was like, I'm done. I, I, I this is so intense. <laughs> and maybe that's on me. You know, maybe that's on me. It's like, hey, no, you were the ass that was on your phone. I, I would use it to check into my flight. That was it. I never was on my phone again. Petro was on a little bit more than I was, but this table, it was, and I felt better. Like Annie Rogers was like, no, I didn't, they reported me and I was responding to like uh, a setup for an interview tomorrow. I was like, they were so hell bent on reporting everybody and get this. They didn't even win. They didn't even get first. They got second. So uh, to me, grinding my gears, people that take trivia way too seriously. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Honestly, games like that where there's no prize, where they do take it too seriously, um, yeah, it, it's frustrating. Like family events where we're playing, like, I mean, I like, it, there has to be some level of intensity. I feel like we're going on very different paths. You hate people who take things way too seriously. I hate not taking things seriously enough in the All-Star games. So I feel like we're definitely, uh, we got to meet yep. in the middle somewhere <laughs> between where we're both at. So yeah, I totally agree with that. The one short one, I'll get it in real quick, is, uh, college coaches complaining about NIL transferring mm-hmm. the new rules, whatever. Uh, Rick Patino, uh, went on like a big rant this weekend about, well, the players I got sucked. Well, maybe you shouldn't have taken a job like that late in the cycle. Mike Boynton's talking about, oh, how hard it is to recruit nowadays. I got Cade Cunningham. What I did to get Cade Cunningham was way different. Uh, you hired his brother, and that's the reason why you were on probation for like three years. Uh, there's, it's, mm-hmm. coaches are mad that they can't cheat anymore and that cheating is like allowed, which evens the playing field. And that is just so frustrating from a fan's perspective. Like, yeah, see how the rest of the world lives. Like, K-State didn't cheat for years, and now, like, we're able to cheat and we're able to get, like, decent players. And it's, oh, well, it's it, the way of the world now. I, I hate my job. It's not fair. Like, okay, it's college sports. It's not supposed to be fair. It's 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 not an even playing field all the time. Like, you know what I mean? It's yep. just so frustrating that the people who – 
can jump from job to job. Not getting any flack for it. Yeah, they're doing what's best for their family. Now the kids are able to do that and they're like, Oh, these kids nowadays, they're uncoachable. They're, they're soft. No, you just need to run a better program. It's, it's annoying and it's loser talk in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think the coaches that are are complaining about that are there times in college sports it's gotten a little bit out of hand. Yes. And I think Mm -hmm. we knew that there were going to be some circumstances that were just wild, but I do think it's kind of a crying poor or the losers mentality. Uh, we love to quote Moneyball here, but it's we got to do it again. It's adapt or die. If you're not yeah. willing to, you know, give the top player the five star, the number one transfer the money, well, guess what? They're going to pick somebody else. If you or, go ahead, or my thing is the coaches that complain. Well, we don't have enough nil money. Yes, those are my when they get done with a tough loss at home. We just need people to get get more nil in the system. Well, no, like coach the players you've been given. My biggest gripe with uh, Jerome Tang is that he's always complaining about Bramlage not being 100 percent full. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it is to drive to Manhattan. It's the middle of nowhere. There's it's hard to drive to Manhattan if you're someone like in Wichita like myself or you know a big city where manhattan's not close to anything yeah. like that has a lot of people in it so it's hard to get people to that many games i can't stand i know a lot of k-state fans really don't like when he's like well we need to get more nil more fans of the game like do what you can with what you have and be happy with it and i do think with jerome tang he he does toe that line of there's some losses he takes full responsibilities like you yes. put all that on me uh, this is my fault and there's times he's like well if we had you know we got to get better energy in the stadium, it's like, well, you gotta, you gotta pick a side here. Who, who are you trying to blame here? And the last thing you want to do as a coach, you're exactly right, is start pointing fingers not at yourself. And and that's where it's like, if you are going to be that coach that takes all the blame all the time, that's fine. And I've always been a big believer in this. If you constantly take the blame, well, then eventually you hope to see changes, right? It's like if, if I'm gonna yeah. take the blame for this loss, it's not happening next time out. It's not happening the time after that. Uh, but if you're starting to blame students, you know, uh, donors and boosters, because that. Also, not just with Kansas State, a lot of schools out there. If you're losing games and you're going, well, we would be better if some people gave me their money uh, to start buying players. <laughs> it's not a good look because then if I'm a donor or booster, I'm going, the hell with that. I'm not giving you any money until you start winning with the guys that you yeah, have because we absolutely. see it in college basketball. I know that not every conference is level in the even playing field, but we see all the time, Chance. Uh, guys, uh, go last year, Purdue, NIL, had money. Uh, boosters gave them money. They lose to Farley Dickinson. You think Farley Dickinson has that type of NIL money? No, they don't. And and that's in college sports where a lot of people will point to is, well, money's not always going to make you the best team out there. I know a lot of KU fans that thought at the beginning of the year with the money they spent getting Hunter Dickinson, having five stars off the bench, this is the best team that Bill Self's ever going to have. And then you look up and still a good team, uh, nowhere near the best team that he's ever had. It's not yeah. always going to work out the way you think it is. And just spending a lot of money on NIL, it's not going to get it done. So for coaches crying about that, just start winning some damn games. And then we can you know, maybe feel a little bit more sorry for you if the boosters aren't giving you any money. I do want to give uh, a texter uh, his chance to say this about what grinds his gears. I'm assuming this is a grinding his gears. Funny how uh, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and people are already picking against them to finish second in the AFC West. I mean, water's wet. It's it's about ratings. I've always said this with offseason talk. If somebody goes on there on ESPN or they go on Fox and they say, I think the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West next year, do you think anybody is going to click on that? They are going to post that on Twitter Facebook, Instagram, no, because it's the common pick. If you say the Chargers, you say the Broncos, you say the Raiders, guess what? There's ratings. It's all about the sports media world. So for me, 
Uh, that used to irritate me, you know, three or four years ago. Now it's just they're doing it because it's a hot take. And if they're right, they look really smart. But uh, we all know at this point the Chargers will be projected to be first place. You know, Justin Herbert, they'll be healthier. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, all of that. Don't pay attention to offseason, preseason talk and projections and stuff like that because we all know in the end it's going to work out the way that we expect it to. Uh, Texter also says, to your point here, Chance, Tang is making a gazillion dollars. He should pay uh, his players. I've always wondered if that's uh, acceptable or not. Like, hey, you know, yep. I, I've got a, more than enough money here to live in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, why, not, why don't I pay just a, you know, a little bit of money out of my paycheck? I think I, I do want to end this segment, a quick pivot here, just while on the topic of Jerome Tang, because we won't have a chance to talk K-State hoops before the end of today's show. Probably we'll get to it tomorrow in previewing the Big 12 slate on Saturday. But Chance, you being the K-State guy, I really wanted to get your thoughts on this because of the texter's idea. Uh, where are you at now on Jerome Tang? 15-11 on the year, uh, now looking increasingly likely that they are not going to be in the NCAA tournament. I asked this to Ryan Gilbert. Uh, of GoPowerCat.com last week uh, before uh, the game against, oh, who was it? This, uh, it was Texas, and then who TCU. was the Saturday game? TCU. TCU. Yeah, I asked him about, you know, if K-State doesn't make the NCAA tournament, how do you characterize it as uh, year two in Jerome Tang? Is it a failure? Is it, well, we had a lot go wrong. Tomlin had to leave the program. Quez Glover, uh, he wasn't healthy this year. It's not a failure, but it's not a good look. Or are you a, a guy that it's, well, I never really thought this team was going to be that impressive, so I'm not overly shocked they didn't make it. Where where do you stand on year two for Jerome Tang? I mean, I, I was kind of hoping at the beginning of the season, a seven seed, and that was before mm-hmm. the Tomlin situation. And when two of your top six guys, especially as a KU fan, you know, like with NIL, it's hard to keep guys on the bench that are quality. Like a lot of the guys on the bench aren't players that can make plays. Yeah. They're just kind of guys that can get the job done. Well, when two of your top six guys that you projected coming into the season, including probably your top guy in Naquan Tomlin, with Glover and Tomlin both being out, it's hard to win in college basketball down two of your top six guys, especially, you know, with only 11 scholarship players left remaining. I, I just, you know, I, I, Pat said, you know, I don't think, uh, Naquan Tomlin makes that much of a difference, you know, if, you know, I don't think they're a Big 12 title contender with Tomlin. I think they're on the right side of the bubble or yeah. at least still on the bubble with Tomlin. I, I wouldn't consider this season a failure in terms of record. The way I would consider it a failure is we haven't seen any development from Day Day Ames, RJ Jones, Buddy Rich, the young guys that needed to develop, get time. They aren't developing. I, I'm I'm so tired of seeing Dorian Finister minutes. If he, uh, I cannot stand watching him on the court sometimes. <laughs> they need to get the young guys some run and so, show what you can do next year. I mean, I, I think that it's been a tough season, but there's some you know things that they need to work on and get better at. But I'm not totally out on Jerome Tang. I still think he's a great coach. I think he's the right guy in charge, but just a sour taste in the mouth with how the season has ended. Chance, you good to talk some college hoops tomorrow? I might just spring a segment on you. Absolutely. All right. Well, there is Chance Lebo, our guy. He joins us every single time that Shane is out, and Shane won't be here tomorrow. So might as well do a segment on the fly. Uh, Chance has a lot of great college hoops insights. Maybe we'll make some uh, some fake spreads, some fake betting lines, and go over the Big 12 slate for this coming weekend. All right, we're going to take our first break of hour number two when we come back. Some Royals baseball chat with Jamie Bluma right here on the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, 
you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability, they value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Entrepreneurs Wanted. With over 25 years as a commercial real estate leader in Wichita, Occidental Management is proud to support entrepreneurs and startups in the markets we live and work. Baker's House is Wichita's only place to find hand-rolled New York-style bagels. Occidental Management helped us find a great location at Tyler Point. They are providing marketing support, and that's something value-added that we couldn't have gotten anywhere else. To learn more, visit OCCMGMT.com or call 316-262-3331. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Divorce forces a father to focus on what's most important, his children. You may no longer be a husband, but you'll always be a dad. In the divorce process, this comes down to three key concerns, physical custody, decision-making, as well as financial support. Each of these is important, and it's important that you choose a lawyer that cares as much about these issues as you do. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Missouri or Kansas attorneys. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision. It should not be based solely upon advertisements. CordellCordell.com. We roll on on the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wichita's sports leader, I am your host, Jack Johnson. And we're going to hop on the phone lines as we're going to talk with former Royal and former Shocker Jamie Bluma. Now, Jamie, uh, you didn't get the chance uh, to participate in our Grinding My Gears segment, but you've got one, and I'm all ears now. My ears are burning. I do, I do, and I was, I've listened to your uh, listened to this piece from you guys before, and I forgot to mention it, but I texted you a little bit ago. So as I'm driving around uh, Metro Kansas City all the time, it drives me up a wall when I see a temp tag on a car that is eight months out of, you know, <laughs> when they should have a tag on their car. Yeah. Not only that, there are plenty of cars that don't even have license plates on them. Like, how, how is this possible? Like, I know what I have to pay to get my car tagged and topped every single year. And so I have that on and not get a ticket, I feel like, if I'm driving around. I see I saw one yesterday. I just said to Emily today, 323-23. Like, we just missed the cutoff to get this new car tagged. It is 222-24. So I, it grinds my gears, drives me crazy every time I get it. I guess – uh Parts of Kansas City, I can't remember which uh, little principality, uh, is cracking down on. Uh, so that that's that's the grind my gear segment. There you go. 
I think it's a good one. And you asked, you know, what what leads people to do that? I would say laziness or forgetfulness. Well, I don't know how you get away with it. That's that's my question. I mean, I know we have to ta- pay X amount of dollars to tag, mm-hmm. you know, and put the sticker on there for when your tags are out of, you know. I've heard of enough people getting tickets. Well, how are these people getting tickets when there's people driving around that don't have license plates at all? How does how does that work? I, that, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not like a, a taillight out or, or a headlight out no, where it's, no. oh, it went out today. No, this has been going on for a while. You don't have a license plate. There's yeah. there's some reason yeah, you don't. For 10, for 10 months you haven't had a license plate <laughs> or whatever it is. I mean, it's even worse when there's no license plate, but it gives you a date you were supposed to have it by, and you're still not even close. Like, that should be a reminder that you still haven't done that. So Absolutely. We're here with anyway. that. <laughs> We're here with Jamie Bluma, CBD American Shaman in Derby. Uh, they can help you with pain, anxiety, sleep, or stress. Go see Jeff on North Baltimore in Derby. Life is better with the feather. All right, Jamie, Royals baseball will be in full swing starting tomorrow in terms of actual game action. They'll take on the Rangers tomorrow afternoon, 2.05, uh, first pitch. Uh, when you look at spring training like this, obviously the question always is, you know, what can you take away from it? Uh, does it matter? Does it does it not matter? Uh, you're going to have stars that struggle, guys that are working on things. Uh, from a fan perspective and from somebody that used to play the game, what do you always hope to see coming out of spring training? Is it young guys performing? Is it health? Is it just making sure guys' swings look good, guys are throwing strikes, they look in shape? What are you looking for in spring training for Major League Baseball? I, you know, what I still love to this day is to follow all the little battles. Like, well, who's going to be those last three people in our bullpen? Who's going to be that utility guy, that 26th guy on our roster? Uh, and in that regard, that breeds competition for me in spring training, and that's what, what I like. Unless you're a team that – that knows who's going to be playing where, like some of these, these teams that can spend all the money and they kind of have a pretty good idea of, you know, what, what person is going to be playing what position. I, I, I like the fact that we've got enough different battles going on this spring uh, that I think that brings, hopefully brings out the best in, in the people that are in those competitions, whether that's a young guy, you know, trying to establish himself on a big league roster and have a good year like a Michael Massey. Obviously we just signed, um, uh, who else did we just sign? Adam Frazier, you know? So mm-hmm. there's another guy wanting to try to make a roster. You always want to be on that opening day roster uh, moving forward to try to get your big league time, keep clicking off those numbers of, you know, service time and all that stuff. So I, I love those I love those uh, situations, and I think we got quite a few of them uh, this year. we got a lot of brand-new faces. I really enjoyed you uh, and Saran talking to some of the new guys uh, that are in camp and just how it all came about that they ended up being over here. You know, you talked a little bit with, with Walker the other day, and then I hear you talking to, uh, oh, who was the other pitcher that we just signed to big free agent? Um, Lugo, Lugo, Lugo. And just to hear the, the backstory on how some of those guys ended up being here in Kansas city, maybe because they were friends on another team or because they had played against or, or with somebody in college. And hey, look what we got going on here over here in Kansas City. Why don't you take a peek over here and and see what? And you hear him talk about you know five or six other clubs, and he ended up settling on Kansas City. That's pretty awesome, man. Because I think we're trying to build something moving forward. And and so the, all those little battles, uh, you hope the veteran guys like the Lugos and the Wakas they go and take care of their business. You hope some of the younger guys uh, kind of pay attention to see how those guys have done it uh, because they've been in the big leagues for a little bit longer than the young guys, and take some of the notes from those guys. You know, on how to prepare in spring training uh, to get ready for the 162-game Major League season. 
I think it's a good segue I wanted to get to with Seth Lugo because that was maybe one of the most interesting things I heard from any of the interviews that uh, Seren had this past weekend. And surprise was Lugo said, you know, there was a lot of teams coveting him. Uh, he wanted to be a starting pitcher, and there were five that he was seriously considering. And for me to hear that the Royals were the team that he considered to be the best fit, they were willing to give him the money that he wanted, I think that is very important when you're trying to build a team like this, one that's coming off 106 losses. It's hard to convince somebody, uh, even with just money, right? You can throw a lot of money at a player, and they'll say, fine, I want to go there. But I think they also want to be on a competitive team. It's why you don't see a lot of big-name free agents go to Washington right now or go to Oakland right now. I, those teams don't want – or Colorado, for that matter. Uh, it's not those teams uh, can't spend the money. I believe that they can spend the money. They don't want to. But it's also because players look at it and say – I don't think there's any chance in hell that team competes. There's got to be a little bit of something there, Jamie, that you had a guy like Waka, like Lugo, uh, like Frazier, like Garrett Hampson, like Will Smith, Stratton, uh, guys that were signed that looked at this place and said, I actually believe we have a chance to compete and do something special here. I think you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, when, you, when you're a guy that's going into free agency in the offseason, you probably have in your brain – you know, some of the teams that you would like to play for. You always, your, your agent, you are going to come up with a number that makes sense, but you're always going to have somebody in your head that maybe you liked as a kid or a team that you wanted to go play with, or you got some buddies on another team. And now everything starts to unfold uh, and, and different scenarios pop up. And, and you, you always would think that a guy would want to go to a contender first. Everybody's playing, especially if you've been in the league for a little bit while longer than others is to get to a place where you can be in the playoffs and give yourself an opportunity to, you know, to win a world series. Cause it's really, really hard. Uh, kudos for the Royals for bucking up and, and spending some money and getting that first domino to fall. Because I think a lot of those guys, you know, it all happened within a week span of all five of those guys signing. Um, and, and I think that that wasn't by accident. I think when people started talking um, and, and we're willing to, to, to be a team in the American League Central uh, that you're going to have a chance to compete. I don't think anybody's going to away with this division. Uh, obviously, the people that are going to sign over here, too, realize that to some degree uh, and know this is as good as any uh, not to be able to go out and, and try to get to a point where you get into a wild card because you, you know as well as I do. Uh, all I going to do is get in the postseason tournament, and everybody's got a shot. We're talking with former Shocker and former Royal Jamie Bluma, who is brought to you by CBD American Shaman in Derby. Uh, last time we talked, Jamie, we hadn't really had the opportunity, because it hadn't happened yet, actually, uh, of John Schreiber being acquired uh, by Kansas City, another trade that J.J. Bacola decides to make. Uh, they trade away a prospect, a rising prospect in David Sandlin, for a reliever with a couple of years of control. I'm uh, not going to ask you to give a breakdown of each of these players, but uh, how did you take that trade? How did you digest that trade? Was it the right one? Are you against giving up prospects for relievers? Uh, where did you stand on that John Schreiber trade with Boston? i tell you what, it's funny you should ask, because John San Sandlin and I went to the same high school. He's an Owasso. How about that? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've been kind of keeping an eye on him once he left high school to go to college to play at Oklahoma. Uh, and it was cool at the Royals draft. I hadn't got a chance to talk to him, but um, he was a guy on my radar just for that fact. So uh, a little bit disappointed to go. Uh, from a standpoint, you always want to see guys like Brian Flynn is another one from Owasso that used to be mm -hmm. for the Royals. Um, but you wish him the best luck, and I like that we have a uh, that we got other you know a, a guy that's got some time in the big leagues and has had some success in the big leagues and a little bit different look. 
uh, with the way he throws. He's a little bit different than uh, just you know, rock and fire, 100 miles an hour guy. Uh, he's a little bit more of a unique arm slot, arm angle, uh, do some things a little bit different, which gives our bullpen a completely different look. Uh, and another guy I think you could plug right into that bullpen down there and, and expect some success out of him. I don't think he'll be the closer type, but and he can be anywhere in the six, seven, eight inning uh, area there. So I really like we went out and got an established guy uh, and didn't give up a top, top, top prospect. I mean, he was a guy in the top 20, you know, but not near the top five. So uh, you wish Sandlin the best of luck, but we also have a guy that can help us win now at the big league level. And I remember a quote that Rex Hudler had going back to when the Royals acquired Andrew Benintendi and they sent Khalil Lee, who was one of the top prospects in a barren system, but still one of their top prospects, to the New York Mets. And I remember Hudler saying uh, around the time of the introductory press conference, the introductory Zoom of Andrew Benintendi, he said, you'll always trade a boy for a man when assembling a team. You will always uh, trade a guy who hasn't proven himself. He may become something, uh, but you can't really count on that. You can't guarantee that, whereas you bring in a guy that you know what you're going to get. He, he's done it at the big league level. He, he's shown that he can be consistent and successful at a high level. Do you agree with a statement like that when you are building a roster the way the Royals have this offseason? that you will always trade a boy for a man when presented the opportunity? Well, I think with the, with the roster that we have right now, it just made sense because we've got a lot of open open stuff that's not bullpen. And to bring in a guy and have an opportunity to bring in a guy like that, uh, I think he plugs right in what we're trying to do. Uh, you, can get, you can give up a kind of a middle-road starting possible starting prospect uh, moving forward for a guy that can help you, help you right now and help some of the young guys coming up. Uh, right now. So that, that made a lot of sense in my mind. And lastly, Jamie, I know you brought up the position battles here. I know that second base might be one of them, Michael Massey and Adam Frazier. Along the lines of what we just talked about, if it were your pick, your decision, who would you want to roll with there? Do you go with Michael Massey, who's coming off a, a poor season but might have a lot more upside than an Adam Frazier? Or would you take Adam Frazier? Because right now it seems like the Royals are trying to find proven guys, guys that have done it. Adam Frazier, a former All-Star, has done it before. So if you were constructing this roster, you were the one that was making the cuts and who was going to start, would you start a Massey or would you start a Frazier? Uh, you know what? That's one of those things. That I'm going to wait and see what happens in spring training. I know a lot of times spring training numbers themselves may not matter, but you can tell, you know, in the next six weeks or less that who's going to be swinging the bat and who's going to get the best opportunity uh, once we break camp. I'm a Massey fan. I have been since college when he was at the University of Illinois. I know a little bit of his family, uh, just kind of the hard worker that he is. So I wish him the best of luck. Nothing against Adam Frazier. I just don't have any personal connection to that guy obviously he's been a good player in his own right uh but man I'm, I'm i'm pulling for massey to uh offensively you know do some more of the things that we saw him in the minor leagues jamie thanks so much for your time as always and we'll talk to you next week i will tell you that actually i'm uh i am headed down to jacksonville florida tomorrow i'm gonna go see wichita state play virginia and wichita state play auburn with my younger brother and we will see uh shane dennis down there along with uh, some other Wichita folk uh, while I'm down there, and then I'm going to go fish for a couple days. So uh, I'll be anxious to uh, talk about it next Thursday. Well, uh, take a picture. Take a group picture of some bar Hello. you guys will be at. So I'll be looking forward to that. You got it, man. There he goes. That's former Royal and former Shocker Jamie Bluma. He is brought to you by CBD American Shaman and Derby. They can help you with pain, anxiety, sleep, or stress. Go see Jeff 
on North Baltimore in Derby. Life is better with the feather. Coming up next, we've got I'm Old Jacks Young next on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Beware of the fog. You're a Swiss for the Kansas Jayhawks hit the hardwood every game right here. What ball movement? They share it and they throw it down. There's nothing like Kansas basketball. A big time thundering slam. Be a part of the journey all season long on your home for Kansas Jayhawk basketball. Saturday, the Jayhawks are home to entertain the Texas Longhorns. Coverage begins at 5 on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. In the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-384-9393. That's 800-384-9393. 800-384-9393. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items. Like... <gasps> Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary. U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. Finding the right Medicare plan? Oof. No easy feat. Kind of like those dances my granddaughter loves making me do. <laughs> but then I found Walgreens FindRx coverage. Let's you compare plans online, over the phone, or in person. Made Medicare shopping so easy. Plus, I found plans with low-cost copays. <laughs> I can get down with that. Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. Find a plan that's right for you at walgreens.com slash Medicare. Up the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Wichita Sports Leader. I am your host and producer today, Jack Johnson. Big thank you to all of our guests today. 
Uh, Jamie Bluma, the former Royal and former Shocker, had a great conversation with him. Chance Lebo, who you'll probably hear tomorrow around 1 o'clock, same time as we talk some college hoops. And Ashley Sanford, Monster Jam driver, had a very fun interview with her. And if you missed any of it, you can always check it out on the podcast page after the show today. Well, now we're going to bring in Pat Strothman of The Pulse, who you're going to listen to here coming up from 2 to 4. Pat, do you read me loud and clear? I do. Welcome back. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back. Lots of fun. Although, I thought about this today. I don't think Shane and I have hosted a show together now and won't for, I think, going up on like two weeks when he gets back next. Really? Yeah, because he left last Thursday and Friday. I was gone Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and he won't be back till next Monday. So how many days? That's got to be double digits. Yeah. It's coming yeah. up on two weeks. It's been quite some time. I know you and I, uh, at least, well, I did do an interview with him as, as well as you. But in terms of just producing while Shane talks, it's been a long time. But not not for you. I had a chance at least last, what would that have been? Last Friday? Yeah, last Friday was the last time I did the poll. So, so glad to be back in the saddle producing things. But we're still far from being back to normal. Yeah, we got that right. <laughs> I know that for sure after doing... Four hours yesterday and four hours uh, on a broadcast. It's like I needed extra extra coffee today in order to survive. Good things. Good thing is my voice is just fine. This is Brett Eldridge. There you the go. Way. I felt confident. See, that's, that's the difference when, when you have to fill in for for Shane. It's it's almost just chalk <laughs> at that point. It's sharpie, as Seth Davis would say. It's sharpie. There's there's no way I can truly stump. Uh, it's, it's not as fun. It's not as fun to have Shane <laughs> swing and miss on an incredibly well, easy artist. Well, Kyle Collier made it difficult yesterday. He picked this one. I had no clue who the artist was. I heard the song before, but I mm-hmm. had no clue who sang it, and I still don't know. It was. It started with a J. That's all I know. Him and Dylan were very tough on you guys with, with the so I'm old Dylan's young and I'm old Kyle's young. So I adapted tough. early on from Mark. I was like, it, it's got to be somewhat gettable they are it's it's so tough it is absolutely tough okay it is february 22nd born on this day in 1986 ray john rondo former boston celtic oh man who else did he have a chance to play for lakers he he had a chance to be with the lakers yeah did Um, he play with the kings i think he did he was a calf then yeah he was a calf was he a clipper at one point Oh yeah, it would have been later on. Yeah, he was something. A yeah, for a late in the late in the career, he had a moment with the Hawks. Yep, he he played with Dallas, the Mavericks. Oh, I don't remember that. that. Was that was that was right <laughs> after the Boston Celtics, right? So, man, he's a journeyman, Kentucky Wildcat. Uh, Kentucky Wildcat, he's a journeyman. Born this day in 1975, Charles O'Bannon. Well, that's basketball. Um, and didn't his son? play at TCU I thought there was a Chuck O'Bannon or a Charles O'Bannon Jr. I swear I know there's definitely a senior because that's him (laughs) I think it was his son I'm I'm like 90% it was not long ago Chuck O'Bannon Jr. did play for the TCU Horn Frogs actually is playing for the TCU he's still there (laughs) I forgot about that yeah good work way to remember that one Oh, I'm not going to give you a hockey player. I thought about that one. It was right there for the taking. 
Born on this day in 1972, Michael Chang. Uh, baseball. Uh, tennis player. God damn. <laughs> French Open. He was, <laughs> I was going to say, hint if you need it. You would have been like, okay, I'll take it. Born in Hoboken, New Jersey. That would not have yeah, helped you. Nope. Hey, that's the hometown of Tyshawn <laughs> Taylor. And that came up yeah. this weekend. I don't remember what context, but we were talking about Tyshawn Taylor. What? I think uh, me and Petro were talking about it, and he, w- I was like, or he said something along the lines of, you know, Tyshawn Taylor grew up in a really tough neighborhood. And I said, yeah, it was Hoboken. He's like, he did not grow up in Hoboken. He's like, I- I've been to Hoboken. It's not that bad. And I'm like, I can promise you my life he grew up in Hoboken, New Jersey. I'm like, I'm yep. so confident. And he texted a buddy who is really good friends with Tyshawn Taylor. He's like, oh, yeah, he grew up in Hoboken. And so I was That's like, all great. right. Uh, I was right. I-, I never wavered in confidence. <laughs> Born this day in 1969, Sean Jefferson. Um, would that be football? Former San Diego Charger, okay. New England Patriot. Job well done. Born on this day in 1986, Brad Edwards. Excuse me, 1966, Brad Edwards. It's my fault. I'll stick football here. You got it. Born on this day in 1965, Pat LaFontaine. Wow. Uh, you yeah. hit. I'll take it. Born in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> Damn, yeah. no, not, not giving me much. Uh, too good. Baseball. Yeah, hockey. He of was a uh, NHL center. Yeah. Born on this day, nineteen sixty-three. VJ Singh. Oh, I do know this one. I do know this one. This is golf. Good job. Correct. That is correct. Born on this day in 1956, Amy Alcott. Born in Kansas City, Missouri. Jesus. Annie Alcott? Amy Alcott. She turns 68. Oh, boy. That's going to be tough. This is a loaded day. Uh, We're going to run out of time. Basketball. (laughs) Uh, No, golfer. Five-time major title winner. Pretty good. Born on this day in 1950. Hint if if you need it. Julius Irving. (laughs) Dr. J. Basketball. (laughs) Uh, Too good. Oh. Born on this day in 1943, Tom Van Arsdale, as well as Dick Van Arsdale. Uh, Basketball? Yes. Good job. Three-time All-Star. Tom was. Um, Born on this day in 1934, Sparky Anderson. Baseball. Yeah. This is a big day. Trying to see if there's anyone else that can sneak in at the at the horn here. We didn't get any dead days. Let me make sure there's no one famous that died on this day. Lucky for you, I do not see one on here. Only one I would bring up is dying on the stage in 2005 from a heart attack, Reggie Roby. Uh, football? Yes, punter. If I don't Ooh. get him in there, I think Shane would not allow <laughs> me to do the show forever. So there we go. Well, at least I got to end on back-to-back W's right there. That'll do it for another edition of the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Wichita Sports Leader, I've been your host and producer, Jack Johnson. I will talk to you same time tomorrow at noon. Don't go anywhere. The Pulse with Pat Strothman is coming up next. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.